Is this on? Can you hear it? Okay. Hello? Yeah, that's it. Okay, we go with the pictures. Okay, you might know on the right is Giselle, just gone to Haiti with her husband. Somebody here was talking about this couple, and uh, just gone over there. And they're from the church in Savannah Grande. Our church is helping them, like uh, missionary support to them. And so, and she and her husband in the middle, middle picture there in Haiti, and with another missionary family that are over there, and with whom they're studying to learn the, the Haitian language. I guess it's Creole, or maybe it's French, or both. Let's go. Next. Right in the center, and on the left, in the front, is Daniel Perez. He's our youth pastor. And so we work together. He's preaching a good bit while I'm away, as well as other pastors that have come in. And those are some of the young people, and at least one of the dads there in that group. And then off to the left, up above, are the youth there getting their picture made, youth of the church. And let's go to the next picture. This is a dinner where they're celebrating something. This is, we have a fellowship hall that's not completely enclosed because it doesn't ever get cold anyway. So there's a building on top. And at least one wall, two walls are open to the outside. But we enjoy eating out there and having special times. Next one. And so here is uh, another gathering maybe this is just hard to say exactly what gathering that one is but uh, well that lots of ladies there make maybe it's mother's day we'll wait and see go ahead and uh, more ladies some youth off to the right and looks like our youth choir on the left up front singing so that's a nice thing in this picture, you see a few people with masks in the center there. And so, next picture. And uh, actually, it looks like they're gone somewhere. Wow. Let's go to the next picture. I don't recognize that. Here are some ladies. Maybe it's a ladies' conference. Ping pong table. Wow. We have a doctor in the church. He's over on the right. Does that look like a doctor lady? I'll tell you. We have a daughter-in-law that's Honduran, married Michael, and that's her sister right there in the middle picture with the three pictures right there in the front. And so her name's Melissa. Next picture. And uh, there on the right of the three together, this is Osman. 
He comes from another part of Honduras, but was living there close by, started coming to our church, and he and I have gone visiting lots of times and preaching on the street, so he's a blessing. I think he's in the States right now. Some of our young people sharing a meal together, and uh, looks like coming back from winter camp in uh, December, we go up to La Esperanza, where it's cold. Our city is so hot. They like to go where it's cold for a camp. So we go up to La Esperanza and have several days of preachings and good time at camp. Next one. And this also is a picture going to maybe the youth camp. Those are youth at the table. This is at a mall on the way up to Savannah Grande. This is in the capital city of Tegucigalpa. And uh, we were going with the youth on that excursion. And Okay, next picture. And when they get to the camp, that camp is a camp that prepares young people for serving in the church. So they have preaching contests, singing competitions, drawing. You have to draw some picture that has something to do with Christianity, you know. And... Lots of different areas of competition, Sunday school class competition, who can teach the best class, who can preach the best sermon. And so our young people, all of them that went, got an award for something, something that they entered into, and so that was a blessing. Next one. And uh, so here, this is more of the same. Maybe they're showing something that they won. Next one. And just uh, more pictures from that youth camp. That's usually in January. And here's the youth again. Not quite sure what that is, whether that's still at the camp or somewhere else. Let's try the next picture. Okay, this is at the, toward the end of the youth camp where the awards are given out. And they bring the youth up and they give them medals. And so here they're getting their awards. Next picture. All of them together, they had a choir. And so the choir won maybe second place. And different ones on their particular awards. The man and his wife there, when they first came down there, he's Honduran. She is too, but he went went back up to the States, uh, went to a Baptist church, got saved, and got prepared, came back to preach and to serve God in Honduras. But when he came back, he stayed with us for about seven or eight months till he was able to get his own place and then start working and to start a new church, which he has done. And then uh, here in the last month or two, his wife of maybe about eight years or nine has died from cancer. They have one daughter. So his name is Jerry Martinez. And so, but a blessing, that man. And so these were the young people at camp once again. They got the pictures made. 
in the church that has the camp is a couple that graduated from Pensacola Christian College, and they have a lot of camps and activities there. Next picture. And uh, the one on the far left is me on my birthday. Can you believe? And just different pictures. I'm not sure who that is with the thumbs up. But different ones of the ladies over and that may be the lady that passed away. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. These are all the people that were in the bus going, coming back from camp. Next one. This is at the bonfire, looks like. They had on the light last night of the camp. And maybe sitting on the floor for some activity. Next one. Still at the camp. There in these pictures. Looks like ladies too. So this could have been a ladies conference at the same church there in Savannah Grande. And more pictures of the same. Up in the far left is Luis Camara, another missionary that uh, our church helps in Copan, Entrada a la Copan. Okay, see you. And that is a picture inside of our sanctuary. Me at the pulpit. Another pastor there with me. Looks like Mike Vesey. He used to be a pastor at our church and has started another church and another area. And man on the left there with the looks like a big round hat. He's one of the members of our church. His family go there. Okay, next picture. This is at a park where we went for an activity. Had lunch at the park. Kids swam there and looked like in their clothes. And nice place to go. And not too far from where we live, so it was a nice, nice outing. Probably go there on other occasions. Okay, more of the same. That place had a nice devotion there. So it's a place where you can have a good time in the Lord. Next one. And uh, this one, okay, it's Mother's Day over on the far right. Maybe there's a Mother's Day meal. Try the next picture. Let's see. It says, Feliz Dia Mama. That's Mother's Day. Like, Happy Mother's Day. And so there's a meal there on the bottom picture on the left. And in the front yard of the church they have a a volleyball net and so for a lot of the activities the youth are out there playing volleyball and uh, go to the next one everybody wanted to get their picture made in front of the little sign where it said Feliz Dia Mama so there they are next one here's our youth choir again so that's the only choir we got is a youth choir, so we praise the Lord for them. They're singing pretty regular now. 
And up at the pulpit is a young man that's preaching Sunday nights while we're away, and he preaches many Sunday nights. Name is Daniel Paris. He went to the seminary there in Savannah Grande and studied there four years. Next one. And that's his brother at the piano. This piano was given by the Seelys years ago. Uh, Dave and Deanna came down, and so they bought the piano, and there it is, and that's what we use. So that's a blessing. And just a group of people there at the church. Next uh, picture. Not sure. More people at the church. Maybe different classes, the ladies, and uh, a discipleship there in the top right. So, praise God for that. And looks like some meat there. Maybe something was being served. And so, next picture. Is that it? Okay. Ladies meeting. So, on Saturday nights, we have youth meeting, ladies meeting. Sometimes there's a men's meeting, too, if there's men that come. Okay, next one. And uh, this is a couple that graduated from Pensacola Christian in the top right. Uh, the Hodges, Sam Hodges and his wife, they have many conferences there. Giselle was grew up in that church and her husband from a different church but they're now in Haiti on the other picture on the top left is Daniel the young preacher boy people eating at our church maybe that's the pastor's fellowship we had a pastor's reunion before we came on this trip okay next picture that's more of the pastor's it came. Next one. And so some of the pastors are missionaries, some are Hondurans. That's more of them that were there. I think there was about 20-something pastors that came for this fellowship of pastors. Next picture. And some more of the same. And they were, after the fellowship, then there's a dinner. And so it's a nice time to get together for pastor's reunion next picture okay so that's all that gives you a little picture of what our church is like where the place is where we eat above that's another floor with Sunday school building and so praise God for his provision for a nice building and place to preach and different missionaries that we're able to support and come out for different activities. Thank you for your prayers for us. And God bless. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for sharing that with us. Get a little bit of an idea of where you guys, where you guys are at and what it looks like and who you're ministering to. All right. Praise the Lord. Take your Bibles real quickly, please. How would you like, young people especially... How would you like to be involved in something so important, so important, that it can change the plans of God? Whoa, 
How would you like to be involved in something so important that it could change the plans of God? Do you think that something powerful enough to change the very mind of God would be worth doing? I think it would be. Go with me to a story in Exodus chapter 32 real quickly. Exodus chapter 32, we're going to see a story of how somebody got involved in something that changed the mind of God, changed the plans of God. Exodus 32 and verse verse 7, please, starting in verse 7. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down for thy people. He's on Mount, Mount Sinai. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded, commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. So this is what God determined to do. He was going to destroy the nation of Israel. And from, from Moses and his, his posterity, his children, God was going to start all over, just like he had done with Abraham, and then with, with Isaac and with Jacob, and he had begun a nation with those patriarchs. God said, I'm gonna, I, I, I've had it with this nation, I'm going to kill them all, and I'm going to start over again with you and your family, Moses. Look what Moses does. And Moses besought the Lord his God. What, what kind of word could we put in there that would replace that for us to understand what he's doing here? What is Moses doing? He's praying. He's praying. He goes to the Lord and he's praying before the Lord. Moses besought the Lord his God. He's praying to the Lord and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath, thy anger, wax hot? Against thy people which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why are you going to do this, Lord? Verse 12. Wherefore, if you do this, he's saying, if you do this, Lord, wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out, talking about out into the wilderness, to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give it unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And notice after this prayer, notice what God says, or what it says about God in verse 14. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. That word repent is not, is not talking about repenting of evil. It's talking about a change of mind. He turned. His mind was turned. His mind was turned back toward his people. The Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Young people, prayer can change God's plans. Prayer can change God's plans. Is prayer worth doing? It certainly is. It certainly is. Let's pray as we get into this. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love to us, Father. Thank you for being a God who hears and answers our prayers.
Lord, help us to understand how important prayer is and how powerful it is with you. Father, I pray you bless now this message in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God was about to destroy an entire nation and the prayer of one single solitary man saved the whole nation. Whoa. God was about to wipe out that nation. But Moses prayed and God hearkened to his prayer and he saved the entire nation. And this didn't just happen once. It happened again in Numbers 14. Go to Numbers 14 with me, please. Real quickly. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 14. The story here, they're at Kadesh Barnea. <clears throat> and uh, the Lord had told them to go up and, and, and uh, uh, take possession of the land. Verse 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this, pe- will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. So again, he's, he's uh, having the same thoughts. The Lord is having the same thoughts that he had before. I'm going to wipe them out. I didn't do it before. I'm going to do it now. And what does Moses do? He goes to the Lord in prayer. And Moses, verse 13, And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou brought us up this people in thy might from among them. And ver- skip down to verse 15. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man... Then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken. Verse 19, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. He goes to prayer again. Verse 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. I have pardoned according to thy word. Again, Moses' single prayer saved the lives of countless people. Two or three million people were spared because of Moses' prayer. Again it happened. A third time. Go to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers 16. A third time. And actually, on this occasion, it happened two two days in a row on two consecutive days. So it has happened. This is going to be the third and fourth time that God is about to do this, and God hearkens to the prayer of Moses. Number 16, verse 19. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, them talking about Aaron and Moses. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. He's going to consume the not just Korah, but the entire congregation again. Verse 22, this is Moses and Aaron. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation. So he changes his mind, and he only puts to death those who had sinned against him. Skip down now to verse, verse uh, 
excuse me, to, to chapter, cha- chapter 16, verse 41. Skip down to verse 41. This is the next day now. That, that first day, Moses' prayer changed the heart of God and the mind of God, and he only destroyed those who had sinned against him. And notice what happens the very next day. The rest of the congregation, uh, uh, verse 41, But on the morrow, all the congregation, those who had seen what God had did the day before, he had killed 250 of the princes of Israel, the ones who had sinned against him, But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. No, they didn't. God had done that. And it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, again, he says, in verse 45, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. He's going to do it for a fourth time. And they fell upon their faces. Again, they go to God in prayer. Every single time, all four times, they go to prayer to save the nation. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense. And go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them, for for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Verse 50, And Aaron returned unto Moses. What was Moses doing that whole time? I'm sure Moses was, was on his knees praying that whole time. God spared the nation because of the prayer of one man, and then, and then on this last occasion, the prayers of Aaron and Moses. God was about to destroy a nation, but prayer changed his mind. Now to go to De- Deuteronomy, please. We're going to find out that God was about to destroy an individual, a person. God was about to kill a person. And we're going to see again that prayer... saved this man's life. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 18. This is Moses recounting the the already happened history that has happened since they left left Egypt. And he is talking about way back when they had made the golden calf. And he's recounting that story. Um, Verse 18, please. Start in verse 17. And I took the two tables and cast them out of my two hands and break them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord, as at the first, forty days and forty nights. I did neither eat bread nor drink water, because of all your sins which ye sinned, in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And notice verse 20. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. God was about, not only was he going to wipe out the congregation that day, but Aaron especially was, was, was uh, under God's wrath. And God was very angry, especially with Aaron, for what he had done. He was about to kill Aaron. But Moses' prayer saved his life. So God, so God was about to destroy a nation. He was about to, de- to destroy a person. And prayer 
is the only thing that changed his mind. Now we're going to see a city. Go back to Genesis, please. Genesis chapter 18. A nation, an individual, and now a city. Prayer can change God's plans. Prayer can change God's plans. Not man's plans. God's plans. Wow. What an awesome thought that is. An awesome truth this is tonight that we're looking at. Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. Verse 23. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, what is he doing? What is he doing, young people? He is praying to the Lord here. He's talking to God. Prayer is primarily talking to the Lord. But now he is going to ask a request of God. This is definitely prayer. Peradventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee, Lord. The word Lord isn't there, but he's talking to the Lord. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I... Then I will spare the, all the place for their sakes. So Abraham, God was going to see if, Abraham, if Sodom was as wicked as he thought. And if it was, he was going to destroy it. But Abraham said, Lord, would you, would you consider sparing the place for 50 righteous people? You wouldn't destroy 50 righteous people with the wicked, would you? And God's mind is changed. <clears throat> Verse 27 but Abraham doesn't stop there because you know why. He's been counting on his fingers in his head. Lot, Lot's wife, Lot's at least two married daughters and their, their uh, husbands and Lot's two, two unmarried daughters. Uh, so there's, there's at least, he's, he's, he's banking on at least eight people being there. Surely one more child, one more young person of, of Lot's is a... Is a is a righteous person. So he's been counting on his fingers. So he doesn't stop at 50. And Abraham answered, verse 27, and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he, God, said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And you know the story. He gets the Lord all the way down to ten. Verse 32, and he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And God did, as you know, he did wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. He only found one righteous person. He only found one righteous person. The whole city could have been spared, though, if there had been just ten righteous people. God was about to destroy a city on the sole condition, on the sole condition that it is wicked. 
and I will wipe out all the inhabitants. But Moses, uh, Abraham got a hold of, of the ear of God through prayer, and the conditions for the destruction of the city were changed. First, if, if I find 50 righteous, if there's four, 45 righteous, 40 righteous, 30 righteous, 20 righteous, 10 righteous, I'll spare the city. The conditions were changed. Look at verse chapter 19, verse 29. God did wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, but God still answered the prayer of Abraham, even, even as he destroyed the city. Verse 29, And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham. Now, not just Abraham, but he remembered his prayer. And sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the, in the which Lot dwelt. What prayer of Abraham did God answer? Well, he not only did God honor Abraham's main request by counting how many righteous people were there, and he only found one. Adam's wife did not count. His two daughters did not count. His, all of his other children and in-laws did not count. It was Lot only, right? Everybody else was wicked, the Bible tells us. Not only did God honor Abraham's main request there in counting the righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, but he also honored Abraham's secondary request and secondary statement of his prayer. Lord, you wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked, would you? That be far from thee, Lord, to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And God honored even that. And he removed the one righteous man out of Sodom before Sodom was destroyed. He honored Abraham's prayer. Prayer can, can change the mind of God. Determined prayer, fourthly, can bring, can bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been none coming. We, very possibly none coming. Genesis 32, please. This is, this is not um, a cut and dried instance where uh, Jacob was on his knees praying before the Lord all night. But this, the idea that he was wrestling with God all night is a picture of prayer. And then, then at the very end, he does make a request of God. Genesis 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw... When God saw that he prevailed not against him, Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he, the angel of the Lord, or, or, or God himself, we're not sure which it is, very likely could have been God himself, and he, the angel, said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he, Jacob, said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he, the angel, said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Jacob's determined effort, which, which pictures determined prayer, brought a blessing from the Lord that the Lord may... I, I know the Lord knew what was going to happen. But unless he had done what he did, it very likely was not going to be bestowed, at least not on that night. But because Jacob persevered in prayer, 
God gave him a blessing. He changed his name, the usurper, to a prince of God. A prince of God. What a name change. What a blessing. And then there's also Jabez. Jabez. You know, the, the Jabez has become uh, famous through other preachers, worldly preachers. First Chronicles, please. I'm not trying to encourage anybody to read the book, The Prayer of Jabez. Don't bother. It's not a decent book. It's not worth reading. But Jabez did <clears throat> ask a blessing from the Lord that may not have been coming to him otherwise. Again, there's the same principle. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Interesting. Determined prayer can bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been none. When there may have been none that God had determined. Prayer can change God's plans. Prayer can change God's plans. And then also, along this same, this same truth about determined prayer can bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been none. Prayer can open the barren womb. So many times in scripture we've, we have, we're, are told about a lady who is barren. And then she or her husband prays to the Lord. Abraham is one of them. Abraham's wife was barren. He prayed unto God often. Finally, his wife, at 90 years of age, bore a son, Isaac. And then uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, she was barren. And the Bible says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. And then we have Rachel. Interesting that every one of the patriarchs, the three main patriarchs, had a wife who was barren. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. God opened her womb. God has the the power of, of, of life and death. God has the power of conception. And then Hannah... She, she said in First uh, Samuel one twenty seven, For this child I prayed. She was, had been barren. And she said, And the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. And then also Zacharias and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was barren. The angel said unto, unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Prayer can open the barren womb. Psalm 113, verse 9. He, the Lord, he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Prayer can change God's plans. Prayer can change God's plans. I have have another page full of notes here, but I think we're going to stop there for tonight. Prayer is an amazing tool that God has given you and I. God was about to destroy a nation, but one man's prayer saved all those people. God was about to destroy an individual, Aaron. One man's prayer saved his life. God was going to destroy a city unconditionally as long as it was wicked. As long as as it was as wicked as he had uh, heard. Of course, he heard right. 
It was just a way of saying that, of course. He knew how wicked it was. God was going to destroy that, na- that, that city. But prayer changed the conditions of the destruction of that city. And prayer got the righteous man out of that city and saved his life. And determined prayer can bring blessings from the Lord when perhaps the Lord had no intention of, of giving those blessings. Jacob prayed and God changed, changed his, his terrible name of Jacob. If you're named Jacob, it's not, it's not, it's not a terrible name as, as, you know, because it's, you're named after Jacob in the Bible. You're not, you're not usurper or supplanter. You're named after Jacob. So I don't want to belittle the name Jacob or anything. But, it, but the, the, the meaning, when you said Jacob, in, when you called Jacob by name, back, back when you were, they were speaking Hebrew, you would say, hey, supplanter, come here. Usurper, I need your help. What a terrible name. But praise the Lord, we don't call them usurper or supplanter. We call them Jacob. But anyway, God changed Jacob's terrible name, usurper, supplanter, to prince of God, Israel. And God gave Jabez uh, blessings that God may not have intended to give to Jabez, except that Jabez beseeched the Lord for them. And prayer can open the barren womb. God has control of, of conception. Prayer can change God's plans. Wow. And you and I can, can be involved in prayer. What a blessing. And that's what Wednesday night is primarily about. A Bible study, of course, but also to go to the Lord in prayer. Who knows? As we pray tonight, we may change God's mind about something. Pray in faith, nothing wavering. We'll see that next week. Pray in faith, nothing wavering. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us the blessing of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being a God who answers prayer and and hears our cry. Bless now as we bring our petitions before you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have